There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi, aka Spirit Sis. I'm an evidential psychic medium, intuition teacher, and professional astrologer here to usher you through your spiritual awakening. I don't know if it's Pisces season or what, but I have been all up in the feels. So thankful for all of you listeners. I just feel so connected to you. I really mean that. And all of your DMs or your suggestions, your emails about what you want to hear from me means the absolute world to me. Reading your reviews, your ratings. I actually legitimately cried this morning in gratitude for all of you. So thank you for being a a part of this journey and your listenership, your support, but also I just keep hearing from spirit in Pisces season. Not only am I getting slapped upside the head with angel numbers, like 444, 111, I mean, like all of the craziest, craziest things with spirits coming in, but I keep hearing that I need to make Psychic Scoop more of an interactive experience. And I really want your engagement. So if that means maybe having some of you on to share your stories, if it's like spiritual awakening stories or ghost stories, or even you writing in and me reading the stories, I just feel a shift coming with the podcast. And I appreciate you coming along that journey with me as it continues to evolve. So with that being said, today I had the hit that I wanted to do another solo episode, another psychic Q&A, or just Q&A. You all submitted your questions on Instagram, things that you wanted to hear about. And I just selected, I think like 10, 11 questions to go through. And I always believe that if someone has the question on their mind, that it's very possible that a hundred other people are thinking it and maybe they didn't ask it. So I appreciate you boldly asking the question that was heavy on your heart for me to answer because I know whoever is listening to this and I always set the intention with the podcast, whoever tunes in, whatever day or time it is, even if you've listened to this, it's an old episode, new episode, whatever it is, that you're meant to hear it in that exact moment and something resonates with you in your heart space and that spirit leads you to this podcast to get you to that um, evolutionary place, right? That was the most woo-woo run-on sentence ever, but I, if you're here, you already know that's what the point of the podcast is. I'm a psychic medium. <laughs> I My entire life has been led by spirit, so it's not a coincidence at all if you're here through that medium. Sorry, that was a little tongue-in-cheek, but you know what I mean. I'm going to go through the questions and just answer them intuitively and again, thank you for submitting them if this is your question. And if I didn't get to you, please feel free to write me psychicscooppodcast at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Okay, the first question is, how do you receive intuitive information and messages from spirit? 
So there are quite a few ways that I gain information from spirit. When I first started my mediumship journey, I would say that I was primarily clairvoyant. So I would see images and pictures in my head. So it if it was a loved one that was coming through, giving a message to the person I'm with, let's say they have like an anniversary coming up or a death date or a birthday, I would see like a birthday cake or a balloon. Or if it was death date, sometimes I would see like a rose being laid on a grave. Sometimes the pictures and the messages got a little confusing. So as I developed my mediumship abilities, I got really clear on what those messages meant, but also I really leaned into my clear audience. So now I still see pictures, but my primary, my primary source of getting information from spirit is actually clear audience. So I hear the messages most often and it's not my own voice. And it's not like, it's not a voice that is, you know, if it's like your dad, for example, coming through, I don't necessarily hear like a lower register voice. It's always spirit voice. It's universal. It's just not my own. I don't know how to describe it, but it's more of like this whisper and it's not full sentences. It's most always is word by word. So for example, when I am doing a mediumship and they tell me their name, I ask like, what's your name? Like, let's say, um, I just recently had a TikTok live where the name was, uh, Camden. It was actually a baby that passed. And I wasn't sure exactly if it was Camden, Caden, um, Corden, um, things like that, because first they kind of say the C. I see the C and then I see it right in my mind's eye. And then I'll hear the M or the N in the middle and then I'll hear the ending. So it's almost like I'm hearing vowels um, or consonants and I'm supposed to kind of just like piece them together to make a full name. That's why sometimes on the live, I'll be like, I'm getting a John or a J or a, or a Joan. Like I can feel the J, I can feel the N at the end. And then I try to piece it together. But most of the time, if it's a very strong spirit that comes forward, they'll say their full name, like very vividly and clearly. They'll just be like, my name's Heather. I'm like, great, <laughs> Heather. And so sometimes it just depends on how the spirit is communicating. Sometimes spirits come through really strong and say, this is my name. Other times they just give me the letters and then I have to like put them together. But that is how I hear. Now, when I ask them to walk me through their death experience, I feel clairsentience, which is I literally feel the way they pass. And it's just brief moment. It's not scary or anything. So if someone died of a heart attack, for example, I'll feel like a tightness in my chest really quickly. If someone passed of like a head injury or a brain injury, I'll kind of feel like a little bit of tension or pressure in my chest. It just depends on where my body is and I'll scan and see where they're actually impacting my body to feel that. Now, that's something I've also had to learn over time because I would be in a client session and I would have like a raging headache, right? And I would have no idea what it was from. And then I would find out later that, you know, their loved one passed from like an aneurysm or a brain injury or something like that. So uh, it sounds scary, but honestly, I've gotten so used to it now that it actually is really helpful when they give me the combo of all three, where I get a couple of pictures, I hear spirit, and then I also feel them. So that is how I interpret message, messages from spirit. And that's kind of like the way that I've worked and developed my skill. I guarantee other psychics have a completely different process, but that's just what it looks like for me. Next question. Sign a cusp. I am born on 11-22 and sometimes I don't know where I belong between the two signs. 
All right, so this could be a little bit of a controversial take, but since I've been doing astrology for 10 plus years, I can tell you with confidence that there is no such thing as a sign cusp. I hate to break your bubble, <laughs> but it's true. In astrology, when you pull up your exact birth time, that's why it's really important. I am able to see at the whatever degree it's in, if you are, let's say like the cusp of a of cancer, or if you are a Leo, one of my girlfriends growing up, she was born on July 22nd and I'm a cancer. She was a cancer, but she just had the most fiery energy ever. Like she was definitely very loving, like a cancer, but there was something about her that was so like freaking Leo. She led with her heart. She was funny AF. And it wasn't until a few years ago where I was like, well, you could be my exact, your exact birth time. And I looked it up and she actually was a Leo in zero degrees. So the sun changes signs every year at a different time. I'm sorry, it changes. The sun changes into the zodiac sign a different time every year. Actually in my transit course, this is something I teach. I teach you the exact day that the sun will move, like let's say from Libra to Scorpio. And it's different every year. Normally you'd say like, oh, the 22nd is when the sign moves, but actually the sun has continued to move. And now sometimes it goes into a new sign, like the 19th or the 20th, and that changes every single year. So I think it's really important for you to look at the time you were born and look at the exact degree. If you are in 20, if your sun sign is in 29 degrees, you're going to be one sign. And if it's in zero degrees, you'll be another, but it's clear as day in your birth chart. So that is what I believe. Now, let me just say something else. Even though let's say you are a Scorpio sun and you decide like that is, even though you're a cusper, you have a Scorpio sun. It's very possible that you have your Mercury and your Venus in Sagittarius or in Capricorn or, you know, just a few, a few like signs either to the front or the back of your sun sign because Mercury and Venus are always rotating very close to the sun. So that is why a lot of times you could be a Cancer, but you'll have a lot of Gemini placements or Leo placements because the Mercury and Venus sign are never going to be too far away from your sun sign. So just wanted to let you know that even though maybe you really identify as a Scorpio, you could have way more Sagittarius placements in your chart. So that is why having a professional reading done or looking deeper into your birth chart is going to give you more information about how to decipher those different karmic personalities in your birth chart. Okay, how can I benefit in this life by knowing my past life? There's so much you can learn from diving into a past life. For me personally, it really cleared up a lot of phobias and fears that I had where I didn't feel like I had any rationality to have those fears or phobias in this lifetime. So going through past life regression and finding out like how I died or maybe injuries or things that happened in past life made me kind of heal a little bit of those traumas in this life. And also everything about past life regression and past lives, like really diving in is about karma. So understanding your soul relationships in this life and what roles you played in each other's lives in the past actually gives you a lot of clarity on how those relationships can get played out. Now, it's not something that I would suggest like overdoing because it could get really overwhelming. Like I think every single person has had minimum a hundred lives. Even if you're a new soul, you've probably had a hundred lives. So for me, I set an intention before I go into a past life regression. And I say something along the lines of like, okay, I'm having this issue. Like, let's say I'm, I'm 
feeling really fearful to leave my job. I don't know why I just, I feel like something bad's going to happen if I do. I go into the past life regression with that specific intention. And I ask the past life regression to show me how I can heal that in this lifetime. And normally it will take me to the exact thing that happened in a past life of where maybe I left my job and something scary happened, or maybe I left my job and I lost all my money or whatever it is. That was just an example. But I think it's really important to use your past lives as like a beneficial tool and be really intentional about what you want from that life and let it show you the baggage subconsciously of how you can clear it. And that can happen through meditation and also through my um, past life progression meditation and journal prompts. The reason I have the journal prompts is so afterwards when you wake up or come out of the meditation or the theta state, you're able to reflect on that really easily because sometimes even how many past life regressions I've done or I've experienced myself, you kind of have amnesia of your past lives and that's like by design. So it's important to really come up from the past life and journal it completely. So then you can understand how to move forward in this lifetime. Next question, how do I know what my best or strongest planets are? So I would say if you're just beginning to dabble into astrology, knowing your inner personal planets are going to be really informative for you. So look into your sun, your moon, and your rising, and then look to the aspects of those planets. That means are there any conjunctions, trines, squares, oppositions to your natal moon, your natal sun, and your rising sign? That's the first place to start. Then you also want to look at your chart ruler through your rising sign. All of this I teach in birth chart biz. It's a little more complicated, but I think just baseline knowing, uh, knowing the sun and the moon and the rising is actually really good. If you want to do more intermediate, you can look at your outer planets and the transits and see how they're impacting like every single day in your own birth chart. But I think knowing your interpersonal planets, um, and that is sun, moon, and rising, right? Rising is the planet, but it's your ascendant sign. And then knowing your Mars, your Mercury, and your Venus, those are the things that impact us on like a day-to-day -day personal level. Now your Jupiter, your Saturn, your Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, Chiron, those are the planets that are more um, beneficial over time. Now, when you have your first Saturn return, when you're 29 and a half, that's when things become really clear. Uh, and Saturn, you know, takes that full 30 years to transit. So when it's coming back to its return, that's when you really start to understand the lessons of your outer planets, but not to complicate it. It's good to know what planet, um, sorry, what zodiac sign it's in, and then to know what house it's in. But if you don't want to overcomplicate it, definitely just take it one planet at a time. But interpersonal planets are something that you definitely should know because that's what you wear on your sleeve almost every day. And that's also what people perceive you as. And Mercury is obviously like the way you interact and use your social intellect and communicate. Venus is the things you value and hold dear. Uh, moon is your emotional state, your spirit consciousness rising sign is who you truly are. Sun sign is what people perceive you as. Mars is your physical assertion, things like that. So definitely important to go through each one and kind of know, but just for simplicity's sake, knowing your sun, moon, and rising is very important. And also knowing the aspects to the sun, the moon, and your ascendant are equally as important. How do you deal with skeptics of your psychic abilities and mediumship? This is a great question, and I feel like I have evolved in dealing with skeptics the more and more I've been comfortable with my psychic abilities, but this is a huge reason why I didn't come out of the closet being a psychic until I felt super comfortable because 
naturally people are skeptic of what they are scared of or don't understand. And a lot of mediumship, you can't really back by science. Like we are talking to dead people. It's it's unknown. It's a mystery. And even though I can give spot dead on readings, if people aren't open to receiving the message, it's pretty much like you're knocking on a door where no one's home. So at first, when I started to do my mediumship readings, I think there was no stakes because I wasn't charging people. So I would go up to people and be like, oh, your mom and dad's here, this and that. And if they were scared of it, they'd be like, no, that's not true. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. But then the more and more I was giving readings and the more accurate I was becoming, I started to gain like a lot of confidence. And now in my business, I'm lucky that I don't get a lot of skeptics unless it's on TikTok. And I have a lot of trolls there. And that's just par for course with being a psychic and being in the spiritual space with sex. Like, I mean, there's questioning everything. And, and I think a healthy level of questioning is normal for any profession. But I definitely will say that I used to really love the challenge of a skeptic. And now it's like, I don't even want you in my space because I want to help and heal the people that are open for receiving my messages. Because I could even give a spot on reading to a skeptic and they would either say no to like throw me off or they would just be like, I don't know what you're talking about, even though I know. So I would start to gaslight myself and stuff. So anyway, I think that skeptics have their own journey in this lifetime. And if they're truly skeptical, I don't know why they're so intrigued by it. The things that I'm skeptical about, I just kind of like don't care about. I don't know, just think, put that into perspective. If there's something I'm kind of like sus about, I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't try to dig and ask and try to like call people out. I just let it go. So the people that are skeptical are the most interested. It's like, why are you so obsessed with me? That's, that's what I feel about. So anyway, I send them back to their light source and I'm, I'm more than happy and open to give a reading to a skeptic and let them know how it goes as long as they are kind. So I guess that is my evolution in skepticism. Do spirits choose if they want to reincarnate? Absolutely. Your soul chooses when to reincarnate, how, and usually with your spirit team and your soul group is when you make that decision. So it's not necessarily a decision you make on your own. You have a lot of backing the, through that. Now, if you do not want to incarnate, a lot of times you will have to just kind of sit in, it's kind of like spirit school and learn your lessons and your karma. Or sometimes you might be assigned to be a spirit guide to someone else in your soul group that is going through an incarnation. A lot of times though, from what I've heard from my spirit team, that doesn't happen until you've ascended through many, many lifetimes. So reincarnation is like a great, fast, quick way to learn your lessons. You, when you are in a human experience, it's almost like you're getting 10 times the speed of the lessons. Like think about all of the things we have to deal with on a daily basis. Not only do we have to like keep ourselves like afloat, alive, keep our bodies healthy, but we have to make money. We have to have relationships. Uh, we have to learn the hard way about a lot of things. We make mistakes. And when you make those mistakes or when you lose people in your life, maybe it's through like a divorce or if you lose someone like in physical body, like you go through the death of a fam family member or loved one, you're learning a karmic lesson there um, through grief, through sadness, through loss. And then in the happy times, I mean, you are learning lesson of perseverance or strength, things like that, that happen. They accelerate your experience in a human form. So when you're in spirit, you can learn those lessons from the outside. It's almost just like, you know, 
you can learn all the things, right? Like you're learning how to drive. You are watching YouTube videos and you're you're taking courses and classes, but you really aren't going to learn to drive until you're in the driver's seat and you're you're doing it yourself. You're experiencing it yourself. So that's very much what you do when you choose to incarnate. And everyone here, and if you're listening, you've chosen to incarnate for a reason to incur karma and to correct wrongs, but also to have like a loving experience and have really juicy, open relationships and experiences. So uh, yeah, you definitely have chosen this, even though sometimes I question like, why the heck did I choose that? Like, that's hard. But then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, why did I choose to speak to dead people? <laughs> like, this is a blessing and a curse for sure. But I know now there's a lot of karma involved in helping others, but there's also a lot of karma involved with having boundaries, things like that. So definitely, um, yes, you did choose to incarnate in this lifetime. Everyone did. <laughs> Can you share a memorable experience you've had while you were reading for a client? I've had so many amazing experiences. What I will say is, I do tend to get a little bit of psychic amnesia when I give readings because I am just solely a vessel and a medium. <laughs> I tend to, uh, since I'm like channeling between the worlds, I tend to kind of forget what I'm saying. So it's, it's a beautiful gift when I do remember a session. I also think that's like to protect myself because I am dealing with um, really sensitive topics, right? And I am dealing with death and um, really hard things to talk about. So I almost think in a way when I'm channeling, uh, it's easier for me to not remember or not to hold on to the weight of that message or that grief or feeling anything from you and channeling any anything from the loved one who has crossed over. And that's why they call it a medium, by the way, because I am in between worlds. Like I am in between earth and I'm in between the spirit realm. So you're in the middle, you're in the medium, right? So what was the question? Can I share a memorable experience? I think some of my most favorite memories of psychic mediumship, I hate to bring this up because I just talked about skeptics, but were people who were very skeptical or maybe people that really needed a message and didn't seek me out for a message I, one in particular, I actually was working with someone and I was able to channel through his grandmother who he was raised by and was really close with. But another thing I was able to channel through was he actually had a very rare blood disease and I gave him some medical mediumship. And within, I would say a week, he was diagnosed with this and he was put on medicine that really helped him. And I'm not saying it was going to be dangerous, but it definitely was a situation that if over time he maybe would have overlooked this or didn't get the help he needed, it could have been a dangerous situation. So situations like that, when spirit and angels intervene to help someone in the long term, blow my mind, because this is information I would have never known. Like, how do I know that you have a rare blood? I honestly didn't even know what it was. And when he texted me, and told me and then I saw him in person and he let me know I mean he was like blown away and so was I I was like how did I even know that like sometimes I even surprised myself but those situations when it's like a friend or it's someone that I don't know maybe and I get a message that is so crystal clear from a loved one an angel trying to intervene to um, get them on a right path especially if it's health related I think that is where some of my favorite most memorable experiences but honestly like every single time I channel for someone it is a very special experience for them 
I love, love, love helping others. I've always been that way. So to help someone who's in a state of grief or confusion and to give them a little bit of clarity, a little bit of hope, a little bit of that power and strength back for their future or getting them in a place of feeling like mentally sound is definitely something I really, truly cherish and am grateful that I have the ability to do. Okay, next question. Astrocartography, what is the best line to call home? This is a very layered answer uh, because the way I do astrocartography is actually very specific to the client. Every single one of us is going to have a different line to which we will call home. But if I'm going to give a sweeping generic answer, I would say look to your IC lines. And IC is the part in our chart that rules the fourth house. It rules like home environment and safe living environments and, and family and um you know, all of, all of the things that like, if you wanted to look at where to buy a house, you look at the qualities of your fourth house. So I would say, look at IC lines. You could look at a Venus IC. You can look at a, a North node IC line. Uh, you can look to a moon line, a moon IC line, even though sometimes being on a line for too long might make you feel a little too comfortable. It just depends on each person and each individual birth chart because a line that's going to be really super supportive for me is going to be completely different and supportive for you. So I would say look to your fourth house cusp, look to your IC and look at your planets in your chart that are really uh, well aspected and that will give you an idea of what kind of home environment is going to be like the most beneficial supportive for you. I also am going to, I'm in, I'm in the talks, in the talks with me myself because <laughs> I run my business alone. Uh, I've been thinking about doing an astrocartography course or maybe even taking like students and doing it live and doing maybe like a four to five week course teaching astrocartography. So if that's something you're interested in and learning more about, uh, please DM me or let me know and maybe I'll start to like survey some students and get a class going because this is something that has changed my life and astrocartography is a little more advanced and it's something that I think would really help a lot of people. So Anyway, let me know if that's something you're interested in learning about more. How do you protect yourself energetically when doing psychic work? And what techniques do you use to ground and clear your energy? This is a fantastic question. I know that I've answered this in many podcasts before. And I think I even have like a full podcast on uh, like protecting your own energy. For me, it's a balance of cleansing and clearing my energy at the end of a session. But before a session, I always ground and I say a little bit of like a prayer or a mantra to spirit uh, saying like, you know, please use me, but also um, make sure that what, what's coming through is really grounded and really uh, accurate and helps the person I'm giving a reading to. So it's really just about intention setting and ritual. I find myself lighting candles, lighting, you know, a cleansing stick like Palo Santo or sage if it's ethically sourced. You can even use any type of smoke to cleanse and clear a space. You can do an egg cleanse. You can do a meditation. You can do a prayer. You can do a, um, a light bubble and a shield, which is often what I do. There's so many different ways to protect and clear your energy. So for me, um, I just get into the routine of obviously saying like a, a prayer and a mantra and a protection prayer before I start any type of mediumship session. And I also like practically, I'll carry a lot of crystals with me, <laughs> keep them with me at all times. Like I'm wearing a yellow jade right now 
necessarily you can see in this video. Um, I wear crystals. I'm always adorned with crystals that are very protective and soothing for my energy. I drink a lot of water. I make sure if I feel any type of low frequency that I take a step back and protect myself or remove myself from a situation. I just have really good boundaries. And I think having good boundaries with people or with spirit is the best way to uh, do the work that I do. And I think it can, that goes for any single person. Like even if you are a nurse or a doctor and you're going in every single day and, and seeing death or dealing with um, really, really hard situations where you're making life-changing decisions, right? I think it's important to ground yourself before that too. So I recommend grounding and cleansing your energy for every single person. I think it can change your life. And I know I have a podcast on that. Um, I think it's like seven ways to protect your energy. So go check it out. What is the difference between a psychic and a medium? So I kind of already touched on what a medium is, right? Like we are channeling between the two worlds and psychics are someone that can actually like tap into your present being in your moment and intuitively tell you maybe predictions or just kind of like tell you or give you awareness of what's going on in the now. So be very weary of people that call themselves psychic mediums when they don't have any type of evidence or testimonial to prove it. I think a psychic medium needs to have a video of them actually channeling spirit with a client present. So like on my page, I have videos of me actually doing this because people can say they're psychic mediums, but if they don't have like full proof that they're actually channeling the other side, then they shouldn't really call themselves a psychic medium. But psychics, like there can be so much, so you could technically be a medium without being a psychic and you can be a psychic without being a medium. Um, psychics usually use like tarot cards or divination tools. Um, they have a lot of uh, different ways that they can foresight things. And a lot of times you can also be a psychic and also be a medium. So it's just different strokes for different folks. If you're looking for a psychic medium per se, like I said, you have to really do your research. Um, personally, I think you should go through a referral of someone else who's maybe gotten a reading before. So you know that it's legit. And again, you look for video testimonial proof that, or, you know, if you're hearing someone, um, a, a hearing a video testimonial or an audio testimonial, you want to make sure you're hearing the other person like in the moment having the reading, just because there's a lot of scammers out there. There's a lot of people that try to take your money. There's a lot of psychics too, that will say like, oh, you have something attached to you. You, you need to pay me $1,200 and I'll get this entity like, you know, taken away. And truly any psychic or any medium will tell you that they will never seek you out for a reading. You will always come to them. You will always book through their professional website. If someone DMs you and wants a reading or wants to give you a reading, that is so not legit in any sense of the way. So um, I think it's beautiful. Like I think all the different people have different psychic gifts, um, but it, just for this question's sake, a medium is someone who channels those who have crossed over and um, deals with the other side. And psychic is someone who uses either divination tools or their own abilities and gifts to give you clarity of things that are happening for you in the now or premonitions and predictions for the future. How do you work with clients who are grieving the loss of a loved one? And what advice do you have for people who are struggling to connect with their deceased loved ones? Oh, okay. It's, it's it's really hard, I have to say. And this is something that I've had to learn too, is like the ethics of being a psychic medium and approaching difficult and sensitive topics in readings, such as 
the nature of some how someone died and if it was maybe tragic or sudden. And a lot of times too, I bring up relationship issues, addiction issues, things that have happened. So I guess working with clients who are grieving, it's definitely something that I've had to learn. I mean, I have so much empathy, but when I'm channeling, it's really just about getting a divine message to that person to bring them to healing. I don't recommend anyone going to a psychic medium directly after losing someone because they're in such a state of grief and shock that it's very difficult to channel the person. And a lot of times, I mean, I've channeled someone who has passed as early as 20 minutes, but I will say a lot of times the spirit will say to me, like, they're not ready. They're not ready. Like I'm here for them. Tell them I'm here, but they're not ready to hear what I have to say. So I always recommend if you are wanting to seek out a psychic medium that it's been at least six months to a year and you've had a lot of time to go through the stages of grief and really truly heal and to seek out, you know, mental health professional to go through those stages of psychological healing before you're ready to seek a medium or a psychic because a psychic medium is not a band-aid or a quick fix. I think a lot of people when they're like kind of spiraling out of control, it's like, oh, I need a psychic. I need a medium. It's like, that is so valid. And I understand why you'd think that, but actually I prefer someone to seek professional help from a mental health professional before they see me, because I can give them, again, it goes back to the skeptic thing, but I could give them spot on advice or um, spot on readings from their loved one, but they're so deep in grief that they're not able to really, really absorb that message. So I think ethically, I always recommend that someone waits a little bit of time before they seek out a psychic medium just to get themselves in a place of um, sound healing so that they can really absorb and take in the information in an enlightened way. All right. What advice do you have for someone who is interested in developing their own psychic abilities and how can they get started? The first thing I'm going to say is you are not crazy. You absolutely have psychic gifts. I think every single person has psychic gifts, but for the longest time I thought, and I still sometimes, I mean, not perfect, but you kind of gaslight yourself. Like you're like, if you get um, an intuitive hit or something will happen, there's times where you're like, is that even happening? And then it happens later. And you're like, why did I, why did I second guess myself? Like I knew it, I knew it all along. And a lot of times psychic gifts can be really scary when they come in, because especially if you have the gift of foresight or premonition, um, you definitely don't want scary or bad things to happen per se, but there's a reason why this danger, or there's a reason why this spiritual hit is coming to you for there's, there's just always a reason, right? So I guess advice I would give to someone who is interested in developing their own abilities is to be patient. It's not something that happens like overnight where all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, okay, great. I'm a psychic. I think it's also like just accepting that. No, I am a psychic. I do have abilities and this is how I can work with them. This is why I developed the intuition course. Cause I feel like a lot of people like were scared or curious and didn't know. And in that course, like I really truly, not to like publicly shame, but I've had people take that course who just like corporate people who are like in corporate jobs and they take it and they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like I was using my intuition the whole time and now I feel stronger in my decision-making and that's it, right? Um, just listening to your intuition is super important when you're developing your psychic gifts. And when it comes to like mediumship development and things like that, that's a whole nother ball game. 
But I will just say like the first way to get started, which is what the question is, how can they get started? Just accept that you are a gifted psychic, that you do have abilities and that you are not crazy. I promise you are not crazy. I feel like I felt crazy for majority of my life. And a lot of people would roll their eyes or think that I'm absolutely wild for saying and doing the things that I do, especially early on in my media trip when all I was doing was attracting ghosts into my life and crossing over ghosts. Uh, but the best thing you can do is to try and to really truly go for it if you're feeling like you are a gifted psychic. And if it's something that you're scared to tell a lot of people, just tell your trusted friends and ask them if you're open for messages like, can I experiment and can I tell you what I'm feeling? I have had a lot of my friends, you know, just openly tell me messages. I love it. I can rarely get messages for myself. So I am very open to people who uh, are discovering their psychic gifts. And that's why I have the intuition course. And I really, truly feel like that's a good step in the right direction to awaken your own psychic abilities. All right, two more questions. How accurate do you believe your readings to be? And what factors influence the accuracy of your messages? Dang. Okay, this is hard for me to answer like how accurate I am because I feel like I should have uh, I should have someone on or like clients on who can tell me. But I will say I really stand by my work and I really put a lot of pressure on myself to give the most specific, accurate messages I can, because there is so much, I guess, I don't know, there is so much bullshit out there. And there are a lot of people who scam people for money. And so I try to give the most accurate things ever. Now, that's why when I'm doing mediumship, I always try to get like a first name, cause of death, and I always try to get very specific information. That's why I'm an evidential psychic medium. So you can't question at all if what I'm saying is true. And a lot of times, you know, things I have no idea about. But as far as psychic and foresight and things like that, I feel like I have a really good <laughs> accuracy rate. But what I will say is, and this goes for any psychic, you're channeling that person's energy in the now. That person has the ability to use their free will to change that timeline. So I can say to someone, hey, I kind of feel like this person is going to be coming into your life in the spring of 2024, right? And so all day long, all month long, all year long, they are waiting for that spring 2024 moment. It goes and passes and oh my gosh, for whatever reason, they didn't meet someone. And they can easily come back and claim to me, you're a liar, this isn't right, things like that. And what I can say is that, well, in that moment, that's what I was feeling. And maybe it's spring of 2025, or maybe something happened along that trajectory where maybe you weren't um, attracting or doing the things that I felt in that timeline. I'm not blaming me. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that can happen. That rarely happens with me, but I will say, of course, like I'm sure there's been times where I've said something and it hasn't happened. But I think for me, and even when I've gotten psychic messages, if like 95% of what a psychic is saying to me is spot on, and there's one thing they say to me that hasn't happened yet, I'm not harping on that one thing they said that was inaccurate because I'm not giving them credit for all the things they pulled forward. And I'll just give you a personal example. One of the first psychics I went to when I was like 24 years old, she told me I was going to get in an accident in a white car. And 
I had white cars and I got in several accidents in them. So it was like so spot on. And she told me a lot of things about my life. But one of the things she told me is she told me there was a woman named Barbara who was going to take me under her wing and I was going to be mentored by a Barbara. And it's been 10 years, I'm 34 now, and I have yet to meet Barbara, but I I'm never going to blame that psychic because I truly believe that she felt and saw Barbara. Now I could have done something stupid to take Barbara off my path, or maybe she was talking about Santa Barbara, or maybe it was coming in in a different way, Barbie, something like that, who knows? And I can say with confidence that I know that message was accurate enough for me because everything else she said was great. So I'm not harping on that little I mean, yeah, of course, I, I'm not harping, but I do remember it. Obviously, I just told you. Um, but I have to say, when you're going to a psychic medium, think of it as entertainment. And if they get 95% of the information accurate, that's great. Other things that come through are spirit. And it could just be like the lines are crossed and maybe they have a message and they're, they're not accurately like listening to how it's coming through, or it could just be they're seeing that on this timeline and there's several timelines in the universe. So I could go on all day, but basically I would say factors that influence my accuracy. Like I need to have a lot of water. I need to make sure I'm grounded. I need to make sure that I have, uh, have like a good day and that I am really truly present. And even if there's times where I'm like not feeling good or things like that will happen, I definitely can sense like I've lowered my frequency and I'm unable to give as clear of messages, but I do not take money from people <laughs> unless I can give them like a really spot on reading that they can leave feeling healed and uh, really happy about. So yeah, just do your research when you're looking for your psychics. I mean, definitely make sure that they have the testimonials and the proof to um, back what they're saying. Last question, how do you balance your psychic work with other aspects of your life and what challenges do you face as a psychic medium? Oh, balance has been a really hard thing for me because it's not like I can just turn off being a psychic medium. I've been a psychic medium my entire life, but I have gotten, like I've already said, better boundaries with spirit. Now, sometimes it just can't help it. Like I'll be in a restaurant. I know when the couple next to me is getting divorced. I know when someone feels sick or has an illness. I know when someone's loved one has just crossed over and they're begging me to give a message in like a crowded street, things like that I can't turn off. But I have chosen to live this life openly. So that's kind of something that comes with the territory. And yes, it is super draining at times but also it's super fun. And I try to have perspective when I can get it. Being a psychic medium is definitely like a harder go at life. There are times where I wish I could just like bop around and not be so sensitive because I think in the past it really did affect me. But now I can say um, that if I get a message or if something's channeling through, if I'm out or if it's something I'm not ready to experience that I'm able to turn it off or I'm able to gently kind of put it off <laughs> and not let it affect me too much. Because the thing is, is I'm still living a human experience and I still have karma to incur and I need to make mistakes and I need to have blessings come to me. It can't just be like, I'm here to be like this, like workhorse that is constantly like putting others before me. Like I, I really do need a, a healthy balance. So that is something that I think 
has been a really interesting go. But I will say too, like most of the people I surround myself with are not draining of my energy and they don't ask for psychic messages or advice all the time. They know I'm a psychic and if they're with me and I give psychic messages, they're really accepting and loving, but they don't need that from me. And they see me for me as a friend, as a family member, as, um, you know, as a partner, like all the people see me as Steffi. They don't see me as a psychic. And I really appreciate people who see my gifts that aren't um, like so intertwined with being a psychic medium. A psychic medium is just a, a gift that I have. It's like someone who is like a famous singer or fam famous actor, you know, you become really like entranced with, and this is like definitely I'm not on the same par as this, but you definitely become like entranced with their work or their music or their art or whatever it is. But they're still a human being at the end of the day. They still have issues. They still, you know, they still get diarrhea like everyone else. Right? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but Pedro Pascal has probably gotten diarrhea on set. Everyone's obsessed with him, me too. But I'm just saying like, at the end of the day, don't associate what someone does versus who they are. And so I think that has been really helpful for me. If I feel like a part of me is, has done too much psychic medium stuff throughout the day and I haven't had time to be like a human and to, to live freely and to eat the foods I want and to nourish my body and to dance and to be free and to be joyful, that's on me. So anyway, it just goes with anyone like, if you are using your work as your identity, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. So what I do as a psychic medium is work. And so when I'm out, I try my best to turn that off. And I feel like I have successfully learned how to do that. So thank you for that really sweet question. All right. Those are all of the questions. Again, thank you so much for submitting. This was fun for me to do. If you have any more questions, of course, please let me know, uh, psychic scoop podcast at gmail.com. And also if you have topics you want to hear or certain things that are on your heart that you really want to get the answers to, or want to share with me as a story, ghost story, anything, please, 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 I encourage you to share that with me. I hope you loved this episode. I know I was pretty frank and honest and transparent, but that's just who I am. <laughs> My Mercury and Venus and Gemini in the 12th house. I mean, I have to tell it how it is, but I really appreciate you. Also, I know that I am on a long wait for my mediumship sessions. It's over two years. I closed the wait list, but I still have offerings that might assist you if you feel called to them, like the intuition course, learning how to read birth charts. I also do aura readings and transit readings and things like that. Uh, but also I have been dabbling with maybe doing more community readings. I do them on TikTok. I will hop on TikTok live and I will do spirit led mediumship. So I might even do that, maybe a membership service or something like that for a low amount of money and then um, do a big community group reading. Just stay tuned for that, please. And of course, I will let you know through my newsletter if you're signed up, spiritsis.com. Instagram at spirit underscore sis or my YouTube <laughs> or my TikTok spirit sis. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I'm really, really grateful for you and have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye-bye.